0: Hello friends, this is your host, Brian Coderna, and thank you for tuning into the Coderna Podcast. We've got another exciting episode for you. We're going to go over the topic, how to win at work. So you might see this as a bit of a curveball from the financial and business advice we've been doing this far, Uh, but I think this is one of the most important conversations we're going to have. Okay, and just to take a step back, as we talk about all this financial planning, Often the goal are the, the buzzwords, financial freedom or financial independence. And you see that so much in all this kind of uh, propaganda that's out there. And you might say to yourself, what exactly is financial independence? I would define that as the point in time, the point in your life where you can do what you want and make decisions irrespective of your money. Okay, so when, it's, when you've reached that level that you can make a choice, and not have kind of money dictate what you're doing at that point in time, all right? That's financial freedom, in my opinion. So if the goal is to, and it's funny because it's like a catch-22 of sorts, where we're talking about all this money, we're talking about financial planning, with the hope we get to a point where we can do what we want in life, not thinking about that money or not thinking about that financial plan. And I would say, yes, that's an accomplishment if we get there. So if we agree that money, of course, is the basis of all this financial planning conversation, unless you came across it the old fashioned way and inherited it, we've all got to go to work for that money. All right. We've got to go get that paycheck every week. um, And that's going to be the means to the end. All right. So if that's the means to the end, then we better enjoy that journey or else we're always going to have some seed of discontent in our life. And I think this is what I've found with so many people, be it clients or at different seminars and things that I do, is that they start to practice a good financial plan. They start to you know reach those goals financially, and then they find out that they're still not happy, or they might even be less happy than they were before. And again, the reason being is that they're not enjoying that journey or that means to an end. And I think this really was, uh, you know, kind of brought to light in a poll that Gallup did a few years ago, in which Gallup did an international poll in 189 different countries, and their studies showed that just 13.3% of people enjoy their job. I thought that was incredibly eye-opening and, frankly, depressing. Um, and you might, the listener, you, the listener might be saying, you know, that's terrible. You know, only 13% of people enjoy what they do every single day. No wonder the whole world's kind of going a little bit crazy right now. Or you very likely are in the other 87% saying, Hey, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm going to work to get that paycheck. I can't wait for the weekend or I can't wait until I can retire someday. I'm just trying to make that money so I could feed my family. And that's what work is. That's why they call it work. Okay, so whichever side of the fence that you're on over the next 15, 20 minutes, we're going to talk about some really concise and practical tips to improve upon that, regardless of what your work environment might be today. So as kind of a launchpad to this conversation, um, what I'd like to do is talk briefly about an article I, I just read, actually, on Jeff Bezos, Okay, just to get another viewpoint on the topic. So Jeff Bezos, as most of us know, founder of Amazon, the richest man in history, um, he said, and the the whole emphasis of this article was that work-life balance is the enemy. I heard that and I was like, man, talk about a workaholic! This guy's a maniac, okay? And then when I actually read into the article, I began to really agree and find that we were actually on the same page with his philosophy. And he said that work-life balance is the enemy because that immediately connotates that work is bad and life is good. And that there needs to be a balance between the two to have some sort of harmony in our life. Okay, so work is bad, life is good, and work-life balance is now the enemy. Why? Because we're immediately defining work as bad, as as something that we need to kind of control and insulate so that then we can go enjoy all the life, which is the good side. Whereas his argument is that we want work to become a part of life. So we're no longer searching for a balance. We actually enjoy the work just as much as we enjoy the different aspects of our life. And then therefore, we're not constantly trying to do this back and forth on this seesaw of our personal life and our work life, but rather kind of merging the two and enjoying both of them for what they are. And I, I like that because that is very in line with what I'm about to talk to you about today. So the first thing, if you're saying, hey, I'm in that 87 percent, um, I'm trying to be good with my money, I'm trying to build a financial plan, but I'm not enjoying the means to the end. I'm not enjoying the work. What I would implore you is to find a career that you're passionate about. Okay, there's nothing new there. You've probably already heard that a thousand times. But you might be saying, you know, I'm a young professional and I don't know what I'm passionate about yet. Or you might say, you know, I'm already 20, 30 years in my career and I feel like I've kind of lost my way. You know, I'm not really sure what those passions are. The way that I would tell you to seek out passion is to find out what you're excited about okay excitement is synonymous with passion i always say having that positive anticipation to the work day or the work week that's going to be like the spoon that stirs your fruit loops okay and conversely if you're bored doing what you do run for the hills okay boredom is going to be the antithesis of what we're trying to get to okay so whatever's boring cut that out of your life whatever is exciting follow that path. And I think that's going to kind of accelerate, uh, you know, your journey towards happiness and, and enjoying what your work is. All right. So to elaborate on that point, when I interview people, and I, I talk with a lot of folks that are either very happy, or they have a seat of discontent, what I emphasize and what I try and, uh, you know, have a conversation around is what I like to call the three eyes. Okay. And those three eyes are going to be income, Independence and impact, okay? If you have all three, you're probably loving life. If you're missing one, it's going to be a little seed of discontent that unfortunately can uh, metastasize and become, you know, a bit of an issue uh, in your life. So to the point of impact, you're saying, what is that? I'd like to steal a quote from the uh, Masonic luminary Albert Pike. And he famously said, what we have done for ourselves alone dies with us. But what we have done for others in the world remains and is immortal so one more time what we have done for ourselves alone dies with us but what we've done for others in the world remains and is immortal okay so you'll find this missing component a lot in folks that are working away you know in their job and they're they're making a ton of money and maybe they have that independence and that flexible schedule but they don't really know why they're there every single day and halfway through life, they have that midlife crisis and kind of implode saying, all oh, I'm doing is looking at this computer screen and what's the point of it all? All right. That is a lack of impact. Okay. So we want to think about, are we having an impact every day that we go to work? The next one, guys, independence. Okay. This is the ability to work where you want and to work when you want. All right. So this is where you have the choice or the option to say, you know what? I want to coach my kid's soccer team. Uh, as opposed to hopping on a flight every week and forgetting you know what grades your kids are in all right so having that independence uh, i think is more achievable in today's day and age where we're kind of like in the golden age of telecommuting so this is something that i think we're seeing more available um which i think is a good thing of course all right rather than working for the huge company that after 20 years of hard work is going to say hey we're relocating headquarters pack your bags you're going out to idaho in february and you have no say in the matter okay so we need to find a position that's going to afford us some level of independence and lastly there's income okay so there's a lot of people out there that enjoy their job you know they feel a positive impact they have that independence but the income is not there and they're saying you know what i'm dreaming of this lifestyle i want for my family and this job it just isn't getting it done. It's just not cutting it. Okay. And not to pick on any career, but you know, maybe that's let's take a preschool teacher. That says, "I'm building the future of tomorrow. I love working with these young, you know, little toddlers and these kids. I got great independence. I'm working half days. I got the summer off. But the income's obviously just not there to to reach maybe a lifestyle that that individual wants. There's a thousand other jobs you could pick. I'm just grabbing that one. So again, guys, think wherever I'm going, if I'm going to change jobs or I'm going to start my career, am I having those three I's, impact, independence, and income? If something is missing there or the opportunity to have all three, it may not be the job for you, okay? And I especially get it initially, yeah, we do all have to kind of take our lumps. We do all have to pay our dues. But there should be a a time, hopefully sooner than later, where we can have those three Uh, those three kind of characteristics in a job, all right? And furthermore, kind of in the same vein, there's a Venn diagram I often show people. And for those of you that that are, are visual, that's kind of where you have like the three circles that merge together in the middle. And in one circle, you have work where you love. In another circle, you have work that pays. And then in another circle, you have work that you're good at. Okay. And then in the middle where they all kind of come together is the career where you want to be, where you're loving what you do. It's paying you well, and you're good at it so that you can kind of progress through your career. Okay. So think about that Venn diagram. And as you're searching a job or even, you know, let's say you're a college kid listening to this and you're thinking about what career to pick, see where that would fall, you know, within that diagram. So Along the lines of, you know, what are you good at? That's a key one. I would I would love to be a professional golfer. You know, I'd make a great income. You know, I could do all different things, have all the in- independence. I'd love to work, but I'm not that good at it, okay? So obviously, that's not something on the table for me. So if you're saying, well, what am I good at? Let's start there. I would ask you to do, just like every company out there has to do, take yourself through a SWOT analysis, and anybody that's gone to business school is probably familiar with this ideal and a swot analysis is looking at your strengths your weaknesses your opportunities and your threats okay what are you good at what are you bad at where are there opportunities and what are the threats to those opportunities once you've kind of jotted that all down on paper personally so now you're not not we're not talking about the, the huge you know fortune 500 company we're talking about you and your world you've done your own personal swot analysis really what i would focus on are the strengths Your strengths are what's going to separate you from the pack now that's counter to what a lot of people think and that you want to you know be that perfectionist and you want to look at those weaknesses and improve upon them yeah we all need to do that without a doubt but the strengths that's ultimately what makes you unique and think about it i mean if you look at i'm a mets fan you look at jacob de he does, He's the best pitcher in the world, in my opinion, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't hit 300. And when's the last time you ever saw a Cy Young pitcher also bat for 300? It doesn't happen because they realize, you know, I'm good at throwing the ball. I'm going to get on the mound. I'm going to throw my pitches, and I'm going to be the best pitcher possible. And most of them could care less what they do when they get up to the plate to bat. Okay? You got to kind of take that mentality of, look at your strengths and then how do you expand upon them so that you go from good to great, you know, to kind of steal another term there. And once you know what you're good at, I think the way that you can really um, amplify that is by creating momentum, all right? Momentum in every respect is gonna become like the emotion multiplier of sorts. And so any emotion, I mean, that can be positive or that can be negative. And like I said, that can kind of, uh, accelerate our path to a happy and successful place, or it can take us down into kind of a dark hole. So one of the things now I'm kind of throwing out some general career advice that I, I really like. I was at a seminar early in my career and the, the gentleman that was speaking to us asked everybody, what's your ideal vacation? And people said, you know, go on a cruise. Others said, you know, I'd like to go travel to Fiji, all different ideas out there. And then he said, "You know, when would you take that vacation? When's the ideal time?" And most of us said, "You know, when you close that big case as as a financial advisor, you know, when you land that whale, boom, you go reward yourself, and that's when we'll go, you know, sail around the world." And he said, "That's the dumbest response I've ever heard." (laughs) I was like, "Man, this guy's very blunt. You know, got right to the point." But it was true. He said, "You know, to then go on a vacation." would be like LeBron James hitting back-to-back threes with the game on the line and then saying, hey, coach, take me out of the game. I want a quick breather. All right, That would just obviously suck all the momentum and energy out of the whole arena. So you want to recharge your batteries when they're empty, not when they're full. All right, And this goes counter to a lot of us that have, especially entrepreneurs that have that mentality of when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I'll work my way through this. All right, that when we're really down and out and we find ourselves in a rut, that's often the best time to kind of separate and go get some rest and relaxation and take that vacation. Okay, so think about that. Recharge the batteries you know, when they're empty, not when they're full. And I think that's the way that you can kind of have more stability uh, in your career. All right, so these are some things hopefully you can think about to try and get yourself into that 13% who actually enjoy their job every day. Um, to, to find that kind of harmony we're all searching for is to seek that job or that career that's going to give us a mix of excitement, impact, independence, income, and then seize that momentum and be able to carry that forward, okay? And so now if you're a listener and you're saying, I get everything that you just said, but I don't know how to get there with my current skill set or my current opportunities, What I would then tell you is folks, we are now in the gig economy. If you've found what you love and you think you're pretty good at it, it's time you start paving your own way, okay? So this could be a supplement to what's currently your day-to-day work, but it could eventually become your day-to-day work. And that ultimately is to become an entrepreneur, which I know to many of you out there that might seem a little bit frightening, um, to kind of go strike it out on your own. But I think what's frightening is getting stuck in a job that you hate for the next 30 years, okay? So really what becomes an entrepreneur, I'll never forget this, one of my first marketing teachers, also a football coach of mine. He said in life, you know, if you start to say that you shoulda, you shoulda, you shoulda, before you know it, you're gonna shoulda all over yourself, all right? So think about it. all those things that you shoulda done, you gotta do them. All right, and i think entrepreneurship is going to be the gateway uh, to taking care of all those things and getting the life that you desire if your current career is not getting the job done okay so as far as entrepreneurship really what that's going to do um, is looking at you know how do you discover something unique that you're really good at and that you love in discovery is seeing what others have seen but thinking what others have not okay i'll say that one more time Discovery is seeing what others have seen, but thinking what others do not, okay? If we think about all the things that are out there, and I'm not just speaking about inventions, but if we look at that real quick, think about it. You know, everybody used to be spilling papers all over their desk for generations. And then in 1867, a man, this is where I got to give you guys my my history per usual. In 1867, a, a man by the name of Samuel B. Fay, was spilling papers all over his desk. And one day he attached a clip of a piece of paper to a piece of fabric. And then he went and he sought a patent for what's called a paper clip. And the rest is history as we know it. You could probably post you know, the same story about uh, the staple, the post-it, and a thousand other things that you say, why didn't I think of that? And that's right. Everybody's seen it, but not everybody has thought of it. So I don't mean so much in a practical invention like the paperclip, but what is it? What is that idea that you love and that you think is unique and can kind of fit into the world and then you can be an entrepreneur and carry that idea into a business of sorts? Whatever, it could be writing a book, it could be starting your own podcast that's on a topic that you think people need to learn about, like the Kaderna podcast, it could be anything guys. So I'd encourage you, be an entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be a gigantic company. It could just be a small idea and then see where that takes you. And I think that's gonna create a lot of that positive momentum we talk about. And then the last thing that I would tell you guys to do is as you do start to catch a little bit of that success or that happiness, you need to bottle that up, okay? The, worst, the only thing worse than failure is getting the success that you've longed for without an understanding of how you got there, okay? So that's where you have to track that success and it needs to be repeatable so that then you can improve and do that again and again and again. And that's ultimately what any good entrepreneur, any good leader is going to do. And I think that's where you can really find a happy and a successful career and a great means to an end, okay? So... If you're thinking that I'm a little bit scared of failure, I don't know if I've got the makings of an entrepreneur. You don't know until you know. So you've got to try it. Um, we're in the gig economy. There's a lot of opportunity for you to take that, uh, take advantage of that. And just think about, you know, if you when I talk about failure and I'm always saying to fail fast, you know, even Michael Jordan, guys. Everybody knows Michael Jordan for hitting the game winning shots and being the greatest basketball player that ever lived. 26 times MJ failed and missed the game-winning shot. 26 times. You don't hear about that. You don't think about that. But even the great ones fail, and they're very comfortable with failure because they understand that's ultimately the path to success. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, Please look for an exciting, impactful job that can get you where you want. Uh, if you want more information, go check out my book, Millennial Millionaire. Uh, go Google how to win at work. And hopefully this will put you in the happier 13% so that you'll love what you do every day. And financial planning becomes an easy byproduct of winning at work. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. You've been listening to the Kaderna Podcast. Keep sending us any of your questions. Follow us on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Reach out to us at Podcast at gmail.com. And definitely share some uh, guest ideas with us. we got a great lineup of guests coming on in the fall of 2019. So if you have any suggestions, throw them on over. We'll get them here on the show and uh, we'll extract some awesome information out of them for your benefit. Thanks and we'll see you next week. The Koderna podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Brian Coderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Listeners should contact their own tax or legal advisors in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Caderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities products and services and advisory services are offered through PAS, a registered broker dealer and investment advisor, 973 244 4420. Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PASS is an indirect, fully owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kadarna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance LLC are not affiliates or subsidiaries of PASS or Guardian. Kadarna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance LLC, a general agency of the Guardian. PASS is a member of FINRA SIPC, California Insurance License Number OK04194.